Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, feels good to be doing what we're doing. Everything seems to be, in my life, seems to be getting organized and lining up. And so, yeah, sounds good. Good. How about you? Uh, yeah, yeah, just a little busy, crazy as as usual, but it's okay. It's um, job related. Yeah, I mean, we had yeah. um, some changes this week to an event, and that was the first time that I've <laughs> had to be involved in canceling an event the uh, two a day before the event happened. Um, wow, uh, man. Uh, but you just have to do what you have to do. So, um, and it was all for precaution with so many things are, there's so many things that are being postponed again right now. So, um, we're mm-hmm. just trying to be air on the side of caution and, um, do what you have to do, but it, it's all good. It'll all work. It's all fine. All right. So it was so, a little crazy um, in that regard, but it's all done. And that was a first for me, but thank God it worked out. So, and um, what, what's also interesting is this is uh, maybe like the second or third year, maybe, I forget which, when you don't have a child going back to school. <laughs> well, actually, right? the first year. The first year. Okay. Because yep. Sean gra- just graduated in May from yes. college, I mean, from law right. school. So, yes, I mean, some type of schooling. Yes, this is the first mm-hmm. year, and he's 27 years old. So, um, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, often about all the parents. Uh, I saw something in the ah. morning's paper about the woman who was scared to death because her son wasn't on the bus and they didn't know where he was, and she panicked. And I'm sure there's a lot of that stuff going on, too, the anxiety, you know. Yeah. And, and I think the anxiety, when you combine that with the, the issues of so many children now getting COVID and the question mm-hmm. of the mask versus not the mask, the, 
Yeah. It's just, it is not your normal going back to school month. Anyway, no, look I at it. No, but you know what? You know what is kind of weird, and, I, and you could probably attest to this, is um, I still, when it's time to go back to school, like Labor Day night, I mm-hmm. still get that pang in my stomach that I used to feel every time I went back to school myself or the day that my kids were going. I I just, it was that... Uh, the summer's over and there was a sense of excitement because it was a new year and you see your friends and you get back but there's that sense of I don't know like loss about your freedom so to speak I I I don't know if it's the smell in the air the the whatever it is it, it 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 I can still vividly feel the same way I felt like when I was in school and had to go back to school after a summer. Mm-hmm. It, it, do you feel that way ever? Or no, really. I don't. I don't know. It, it just never, I don't ever recall feeling that way. I think the, oh the, the way that I did feel about it was I had a teaching degree. And I was trying to find a job as a teacher. And every time September rolled around and I didn't have a job as a teacher, there was great anxiety there. But oh, it's funny because okay. it's just the opposite, you know. It's like I need, the, I want the job, but it didn't happen that way. And of course, life threw me a couple curveballs, but uh, but that's fine. It all worked out in the end. I'm very happy yeah. with what I did. But I don't feel that way. But I, I just, I wonder. I see all the people on Facebook who are posting pictures of their kids the first day of school for whatever, you know, kindergarten, seventh grade, whatever it is. And it's, it's become kind of a tradition that you, you can uh, actually look at these pictures from year to year and see the kids grow, see what they look like, see how different they are. And, and I just wonder from the kids' perspective, we, I mean, we didn't grow up in a world with Facebook, so... We didn't have ourselves plastered all over the place. But but what I do think is that there's a, a lot of a lot of um concerns about well, what is it that we're gonna look like this year? Because we I remember that we used to go doing some um clothes shopping or, or my mom made many of our clothes. And so she would always make or buy the clothes that were for the fall and the winter. And so that first day of school, we, we got all dressed up in our new finery and went to school in wool clothes. And it was 80 degrees in the classrooms. And there was no, no air conditioning. You opened the windows. And I just remember coming home, and I couldn't wait to get that stuff off me because they were wool um, oh jumpers. Oh, my God. You know, and, things, and I said, oh, my God, get out of here. But that was the thing. You know, you had to wear, everything had to be new for your first day of school. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that, uh, and, well, now that everybody has uniforms, that's not even an option. You don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, it's how it is. I mean, it's good in the sense that everyone looks the same and no one has to compete 
you know, with, with yes. this one has or that one has. But, you know, it's hard because you can't have your, your own sense of style. I mean, you can. You can, you know, switch it up and judge it up and do whatever you have to do to give it a little bit of your own. But, you know, it's just not the same. as Like, I wonder if they still have that old class day award best dress boy and girl um yeah. you know that used to yeah used to be in and i don't know if they can do that because if you're in uniforms I, I don't know i meant to see if that still happens and, huh you can't i mean how can you be best yeah how do you, you unless you you know like unless you're just you see outside of that i don't know um well but, you know i mean lynn there was a time when I was in high school, I used to polish my nails every night before I went to bed to whatever, to match whatever outfit oh, like I was wearing the next day. Oh, and I also no. would keep, a, I would also keep a list of <laughs> which outfit I wore and I would not repeat the outfit for three months. Oh, <laughs> Three months. You must have had a oh, huge Oh, I was a, and I still am a crazy clothes horse. But you know what I mean. You just. <laughs> I remember yeah. doing that, and, and instead of like uh-huh. picking out things that would be similar colors that I could wear my nails. No, that wasn't that wasn't what I did. I would, you know, and I don't mean I had the same color as the clothes, but that you know, pretty colors that yeah. matched nicely, and. Um, just thinking of it, I think, oh, my God. And there would be, yeah. I'd wake up in the morning and there were, like, sheet marks on the nails because, <laughs> because I would fall asleep and couldn't keep my hands straight. Oh, God. Yes, yes. Oh, I, I was God. just thinking about how how I wash my hair every, not every night, but just about every night, and then uh, dry it and then put it up in those ridiculous rollers. And, and the, they were monster-sized rollers. And go to bed like that. And my mother kept uh, saying, how can you sleep? Yeah, I, I never said, do. I don't know. I guess never. you just get used to it. Yeah, I've never done oh that. Oh, my God. It's just ridiculous. And to think now, you know, you can just use a, a curling iron or a heat thing and, and you're done. Or instant done. rollers or whatever they call them, hot yeah, rollers, whatever. Right. Yeah, I know. Ah, well, that's, you know, we suffered terribly. <laughs> and, of course, we walked to school in 10 feet of snow because I don't, oh, and I yeah. mean, I'm serious. Did you ever remember snow days being canceled at school? No. no. I don't remember at all. But I think it was because very few people were on buses then. True. Yeah, like, very few is right. Yeah. We walked, walked from my mother's house you know, in the 800 in North Maine to West Scranton High School, which yep. was on Luzerne Street. I, I don't know how. I it's mean, my father over a mile. ended up later. It was over a mile. Well, well, later my dad ended up driving us um, every morning. Mm-hmm. We would walk home, but we would he would drive mm-hmm. us in yeah, the morning. But I, I go to everybody's remember, house. Yeah. I just remember walking and, and in blizzards. And just yeah. having, you know, boots and everything else on, but you got there. 
And mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know how we did it, but you know, at that time it was just me. I didn't have anybody to walk with. And I think today parents are so afraid that kids can get kidnapped and you know all kinds of nasty things. But did things you have on. to walk from? But did you walk from your house to high school over to Scranton Central? No, or did, that was on no. uh, a bus. That was oh, on public transportation. Take... Oh, we okay. took the bus. All right. But the bus stopped at at the very end of your block, right at the corner of Orm Street and North Main. Yeah. So that's where I picked the bus up. That's where it dropped me off, and it picked but me up. But right you're talking cold, like Lackawanna. Yeah, cold. Yeah. Spot? Oh my God. They were green Scranton Transit Company buses, and we had oh special student passes that allowed us to, you know, be on the on the bus, and uh, that's how we did it. Wow. So, whatever. Yeah, well, you think of those kids. It's a lot of funny. I know. It is funny. And uh, and what makes me nuts is to get behind uh, a school bus right now at at either time, (laughs) drop off or pick up, and every five feet they stop. Yep. Yep. Why can't those kids go to one central place and have (laughs) one parent pick them up and take turns? I don't know. Oh, man. That's one of my big pet peeves in life. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399-357-8399. Or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over Northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA OneSource Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. 
That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA One Source Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Hi, I'm Lynn Evans. We're back. Uh, I am the financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many others. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. Yeah, so um, I read something from one of my favorite people, Jean Chatsky. Uh, Love her. She used to be, uh, maybe she still is, on um, the Today Show. Often. Yeah, I never see her there anymore, but she might still be affiliated with them. I'm not sure, but like, or yeah. MSNBC or CNBC, I don't know. Yeah, one of them. But I always liked what she said because I thought she was someone who was very smart about um, being realistic with what she said versus, <clears throat> there I mentioned her name, Susie Orman, who lived in a world of la-la land. Anyway. Okay, enough about her. So Jean Chatsky says, and the article was called Your Best Bad Choices. What to do when you're faced with no good options. Now this was written in um, last year in the midst of the pandemic when things were really bad. But I suspect that this is still true for a lot of people. And who knows, we may be going back into another type of thing like we did when when the pandemic was pretty bad so it's important information for you to know the first one is uh, a bad move is to stop paying your monthly bills a better move is to stop paying but contact creditors following the outbreak of COVID-19 many lenders have said they would grant borrowers relief in the form of paused interest and payments especially the federal student loans or the ability to miss a payment. Some credit card and mortgage lenders will let you do that. Whether or not your creditor has made such a statement, get in touch online or by phone, unless it's the IRS, um, to report that you're having an issue and to ask for a workaround. Another bad move, hoard a stack of cash in your home. A better move is to keep a few weeks of money on hand. The safest place for your money is in a bank, not under the mattress. Plus, if you're self-quarantined at home and you have enough money to pay bills, you'll need it in your checking account to do so. Um, the woman who uh, responded to Jean about this, whose name is Carolyn McClanahan, uh, she works with her life planning partners in Jacksonville, Florida. I know her, and, and I, she's a former physician who decided to become a financial advisor. And she said, uh, because of living in Florida, she's been through a number of hurricanes. And she said she keeps about $800 in cash. It's enough to get a few weeks of gas and groceries, she said. 
another bad move is to make big life changes, such as retiring. A better move is to take your time and think it over. And there's another article, I'm sure, I don't, can't put my hands on it, but you could read it almost anywhere, of the number of people that are just opting not to go back to work, they're retiring. It's a huge number. But anyway, uh, whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, what Gene says is, during this economic downturn, if you still have a job, you should try to stay engaged until you understand the financial situation and whether you have enough of a nest egg and income to retire. As for moving, a recession may mean lower home prices. That's great if you're buying, but not as wonderful if you're selling. And we happen to know at this particular point, it's just the opposite. If everything that Leah Janikopoulos tells us is true, um, you know, it's, it's a great time to sell your house. But again, the other side is you're going to pay a high price if you're going to move to someplace else. We assume you would. Another bad move, dump all the stocks in your portfolio. A better move is get rid of some of them. She says something here that I think is interesting because I would not have responded the same way. She said, we humans have two innate biases that can work against us financially. Um, this is something that Mr. Stephen Wendell, who's the head of behavioral science at Morningstar had to say. One is a recency bias. Bias. We tend to believe that what just happened will soon happen again. The other is a bias towards action. We just want to do something. Combined, those two inclinations can be devastating in a time like this. Let's say the markets drop 2,000 points in a day. You are convinced that the same thing is going to keep happening, so you sell. But instead of dropping further, stocks rally or remain stable over the following weeks. If you're saying, I can't take this, it doesn't work for someone to tell you to do nothing, said Ross Levin, who's the CEO of Accredited Investors, also a good guy. So you need to ask yourself if you can take a smaller action to make yourself feel better. And the, the operative word there is feel. If you feel better about something, it's easier to get through your day. He suggests moving 5 or 10% of your retirement accounts, stock funds into cash, rather than thinking you have to be either all in or all out. Binary choices, it's all or none, are usually the worst ideas. That's it. So as we're heading into what could be a second round of COVID-19 and all of the crazy stuff that happens there, you know, just take those things to heart because they're still true. Uh, don't panic. I mean, uh, the market is ridiculously high. Uh, not that it's unfounded, but um, there will be a correction. There always is. And at a minimum, it could be 20%. So if you're somebody who cannot stand a 20% temporary reduction in the values of your accounts, you should start selling some of it, but not necessarily all of it. Ta-da! Mm. 
Okay. I'm done with and then what department. to do with what do you do with that money? Leave it in cash. And then if you're okay. going to do that, then you also need to know when to get back into the market. Right. And that right. is the hardest part of all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a novice or somebody who thinks they're doing it, you know, by themselves, that's the hardest thing. I mean, those of us in the, in the business of investing have significant amounts of um, data and research to, to help us decide when is the time to get back in. But for most people who just do it based on a feeling, like I said, a feeling of relief if you sell some of it, the other side of that is when do I get back in and did I miss mm-hmm. my opportunity and how do I mm-hmm. feel about that? Right. I mean, my, my perspective always has been that if you have a model portfolio and you have it developed based on your risk, how much can you afford to see go up or down? That when it goes down, you stay in it because it will come back up, but you're accepting that level of risk. If you're somebody that thinks that they want to be at the top of the market all the time and they can't take it when it drops 30 or 40 percent, then you can't, that's a, that's a mismatch. Then your portfolio is not reflective of your tolerance of risk. And that's a very important thing for people to understand because it all looks really, really good in the moment, but it, what goes up will come down. That's Mm -hmm. as basic as it can be. I can't see any other way to say that, but that's the way it is. So, um, I just had another couple things I wanted to tell people that, uh, there's, uh, average social security payments are about $1,500 a month. Um, that's average. Uh, but you can earn up to $1,580 a month without impacting your social security payments if you're under your, um, if you've already uh, claimed your social security benefits and you are doing so before you are fully, um, what's the word now? I can't think of it. Fully um, insured. Okay, so there's a point where most of us now um, are looking at not 65, but 66, and maybe some months afterwards or 67 before you are considered to be a full retirement age. If you decide that you want to take your Social Security benefits before that date, then they have a restriction on how much money you can earn outside of Social Security and still keep all that money. So for 2021, that number is $1,580 a month. If you earn anything over that, you're going to have to start paying back your Social Security, and that's not a good thing. So as this author said, it's a great site. It's called babyboomers.com. And uh, they say that that leaves many retirees looking for side hustles or home-based businesses, which can supplement their golden years, giving them more disposable income, and in many cases, something engaging and enjoyable to do. And here's five you might want to consider. One is called thrifting. And a lot of people have done this. Um, They buy things online and then sell them again. Um, 
Mercari. I don't know if you've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Rakuten and Poshmark. That's a yep. good place to sell a lot of stuff that you buy cheaply somewhere else. And then right. blogging. If you're somebody who loves to write, you could start a website and provide some income to you by blogging. How do you make money? You could do it by joining advertising programs like Google AdSense, which displays ads on your blog, or join affiliate programs like Amazon Associates. Every time somebody clicks on an ad on your website or if they purchase a product, you earn money. Now, it's not a lot, but it just keeps adding up. A home embroidery business. There's a T-shirt embroidery machine that one can buy, and you can actually... um, do something where you put uh, logos, names on anything, on T-shirts. And then you can sell them on Etsy or other places like that. And yep. they said also if you prefer to go local, you can easily sell bulk shirt or hat orders to local sports teams, small businesses, clubs, or events that you can't justify the huge number of products they'd need to buy from a large-scale manufacturer. And you could be a tutor or a teacher. That's a very interesting thing to do, one-on-one. You can set your price. And then pet sitting and walking can be a dog walker or a pet sitter. And you can decide how much you're going to charge people and whether you go to their house or they bring the animal to you. So, yeah, do a couple things. So we're going to take a a quick break here. And you're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. And we'll be back with our guest expert, Mr. Mike McHale, CPA, uh, Barbetti McHale. And he's got some fun things to talk about. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of the Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitch and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. The well-established and highly respected Northeastern Pennsylvania certified public accounting firm, Michael A. Barbetti, LLC, is making changes after almost 40 years in business. The firm name has changed and is now Barbetti McHale, LLC, CPA, reflecting the addition of Michael F. McHale as partner in the longstanding firm. Although the name and partnership are a significant change, the staff won't change. Their Dunmore location won't change. The way they serve clients won't change. Their work ethic won't change. 
and Michael Barbetti's involvement won't change. The Barbetti-McHale Partnership adds Mike McHale's three decades of experience in corporate and not-for-profit accounting for the clients of the regional firm. Barbetti-McHale LLC Certified Public Accountants provides professional accounting and tax services to all types of clients, ranging from individuals and family-owned businesses to governmental agencies and nonprofit organizations. Call Barbetti-McHale CPAs at their Dunmore office, and you too can make a change for the better. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this, this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity, my checking account, uh, my payroll taxes. They take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director and financial planner with Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm at Clark Summit that's devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many others. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And with us is our guest expert of the week, Mr. Michael McHale, who is a CPA with uh, and a partner with the firm Barbetti McHale, LLC, Certified Public Accountants at 1421 East Drinker Street in good old Bucktown, PA, otherwise known as Dunmore. And Mike is a proud Dunmore guy. And he's with us. And we're going to talk a little bit about some interesting things in the world of taxes and the IRS and all that fun stuff. Right, Mike? Always fun stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, yeah, some we got people an extension yeah. coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the uh, extension deadline is October fifteenth, and unlike last year where they moved it, uh, it's virtually certain that it, it will not move this time. So, if if anybody uh, has oh. to get the return done, and I'm one of them, uh, you have to. Yeah, Me three. So <laughs> it's fast, fast approaching. So. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Well, we talked before, before we uh, actually went on air here about uh, some of the frustrations we've had with the IRS and, um, you know, the fact that we've got this deadline looming makes it even more in your face that we think about how we pay the taxes versus how they pay us. So when we are in need of a refund or we have something that has to be resolved with them, we know that we have at least a 45-minute wait on the phone, at least, and sometimes more than that. 
But when we owe them some money, if it's not in by a certain date, the penalties and interest on that just start immediately. So I think the question is, um, is this fair? We know the answer is no. But just your thoughts. Well, you know what, it, it, it's, a, uh, it's a topic that would, uh, you know, set anybody's blood pressure a little little high, and especially <laughs> a tax preparer, and our firm uh, is more in tune towards the corporate end of things where we would do the audits, the comps reviews uh, of those entities, but and along with the tax returns. We have a, a you know, a sizable individual practice that... Uh, I, I could say honestly, in the almost 30 years that I've been in public accounting and, and done, you know, thousands and thousands of returns, I've never seen uh, an environment like we have these days, uh, especially with the IRS. And I, I, I don't, uh, anybody who would know me personally would tell you that I don't really badmouth anybody and, and I, I don't want to badmouth the IRS, but just the the holdups at the IRS this year are unconscionable. And uh, and I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and we still do that. And I believe, uh, not, not that I believe, I know, know that the majority of the IRS uh, representatives and agents are working from home. Um, that definitely that adds to it. But the frustrations that individuals have, and I could use an example, uh, the individuals have with tax preparers, um, I have several, several clients, uh, upwards of 20 different clients who, who um, uh, their return has been held up for one reason or the other. And they call me, I'm like, I need this money. I need this. Money. And I call the IRS and I call the IRS. And, and I think anybody who knows having to, to speak to, to the IRS this year, um, you're in for a long wait on the phone and it's, it's not, it's not the most fun thing to do. And, um, and, and quite honestly, as a tax preparer, I make my money, we make our money based on our time and I can't charge a, a, a client, uh, for calling on their behalf to see where the refund is. Uh, but typically the end the time that I finally get some answer processing, things are just taking a little longer, sir. And that's that there's not much we could do this. You know, it, it, it's coming, it's coming. And then I'll finally a week or two later get a an email or a text or a call from a client telling me that it was taken care of. So it is definitely, definitely frustrating. And, and I think you had, had mentioned we spoke before we jumped on the air. Uh, I had a client an hour ago text me, Mike, is there anybody that I could call? And, and I mean, yes, you can, of course, call. But you're going to get the same answer I did, and let's say it's in process, and we don't know what's what's going on. But it says everything is clear. So the frustration that is is out there with everybody uh, is shared by the tax preparer as well. Um, one, we have to waste time calling all these people, and there's no substantiate uh, substantial uh, substantial reason for any of this. It's just a matter of well, it's coming, and that's really not an answer any preparer. Frustration is shared yeah. on, on many, many levels. And, and yeah. the problem is, the problem is, Mike, as we were saying and Lynn said before, that, you know, they expect what from us what, what they want, but we can't expect the same thing from them. And that's just completely unjust, and I can't stand it. I, it personally, it drives me, they drive, the whole group of them just drive me insane. But what I want to know is, isn't there like a 
a lobby of people or a body of people regard like with the tax preparers or whatever of the country or does anybody have like a is there any type of a for lack of a better term some organized form of anybody that has the the ear of the IRS to discuss any of these issues or do we just as you know citizens just have to say oh just you know you accept it because it, it's BS really when you think about it that they expect from us but we can't expect the same thing so well, what what is what's the answer well I mean Laura that's I mean it's a great great point and and to your point about uh, having to answer to, you know to late fees and all this stuff where where they want their money on time and absolutely they do when it's required and uh, I mean I tell all of our clients that but when they, they say, well, this was filed later, this was late, I can't tell you how many different responses have yeah. clients. But yeah. again, I, I, almost 100% of these fees end up being waived. But, but nonetheless, I don't get reimbursed for the time having to do it. And all the right. costs mm-hmm. associated with having to look it up and, and prepare and put, put substantiate, uh, substantiation behind it, uh, it's tough. But... On your, on your question about different organizations, um, as the CPA, I, I belong to several organizations that do exactly what you're saying. The, the AICPA, which is the large one, the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, uh, the Pennsylvania Institute of CPAs, the PICPA, all have lobbying and, and speak to the IRS on a probably daily basis trying to, 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 to fix this. And quite honestly, I have spoken to people at the AICPA about the topic that we're talking about today, and uh, and they're working, they're working on it and, and arguing on our behalf, both CPAs and individuals, saying this isn't fair, guys. You know, this is this is you know really costing all of us money, and it's really just a matter of manpower. And yeah. I mean, I think that's an issue everywhere in the country right now, from a restaurant to you know, a CPA firm, but it's, uh, and everywhere in between, everybody's looking for people and the IRS is looking for people. And, uh, that's not an excuse. Don't get me wrong, but it's the, the frustration <laughs> continues to boil over with you, with me and all the, the individuals as well. It's, it's a problem to say the least. Well, and you know, Mike, but the thing is, if you work for the federal government, it's a big difference between working for another, uh, I don't want to categorize somebody, but someone else who does not have the kind of a p- pension plan and, and the and the benefits that you would get working for the federal government, which is why I find it very difficult to believe. I know that this culture with this pandemic has caused people to not want to work because they yeah. make more money sitting home collecting money. Um, but but and so that's been a problem but people who want jobs i mean those jobs i remember when when we were younger they were the best jobs you could get because you were you you were you were set if you got into these positions so how are people you know how are they looking for more are, are they actively looking and that is the thing like i sit there and say hire more people get more people yeah. instead of these long waits because my time is money too. We all, all of our time is money sitting, wasting, sitting on the phone, whether it's our own issue or not, we're still not doing what we're supposed to be doing because we're waiting. And I'm not kidding you. The last time I had to call them, I waited two and a half hours before I finally hung up the phone waiting for yep. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and it's, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it's definitely an issue that, 
and they know about it. and every time i speak to an agent they know about it and, and they claim that they're continuing trying to hire trying to hire and train mm-hmm. everybody how they're doing it i don't know yes i've seen a lot of openings uh on, on publications that i i subscribe to in our business but it, it, it's a matter of i agree, couldn't agree more hire more people and yeah and again but in this pandemic i think everybody's hurting uh, with with trying to find good people, but but nonetheless, it, it it's a frustration that's boiling over everywhere. And and again, the American Institute CPAs and the Pennsylvania Institute are both hollering at the top of their lungs about this. And uh, it's a topic that probably isn't the the greatest thing to talk about on radio, but it's something in a daily <laughs> lives of everybody that it's uh, it's prominent. It's it's big. It's big in our office. It's, I can tell you, it's. Uh, I'm going to spend the afternoon, and I'm not saying it because I'm on the on the phone with you guys. I'm going to spend the afternoon trying to clear up three or four other clients that have an issue and looking for their tax return or, or have to, you know, uh, answer a, a notice that's absolutely ridiculous because they they don't have people to look at them before they send it. But I have to spend the afternoon doing that. So it, the frustration is is boiling over, to say the least. And Mike, let's let's finish up with that part because um, we only have a couple minutes. But this is important to to say. I mean, you've worked for big firms before, and now you're in a partnership with a longstanding forty year uh, plus um, firm with with Michael Barbetti, and the people who have been there most of them over twenty twenty five years. Um, how how often is it that you can call these big firms or? firms and get your CPA to do these things for these people. Uh, it seems to me that that's sort of boutique-ish in its way of your, that's your hands-on approach to helping your clients versus the client having to do it themselves. Am I wrong on that? No, I, I, I think you, you hit it dead on. It's, uh, it's something because I'm, I'm in a, a smaller firm that, of course, I, I would advocate on, on our firm more than anyone. But, but nonetheless, I, as you said, I work for the big firms. I work for the, the large regional firms and the national firms, and, and I know how it works. But I think the one that separates us is exactly as you said. Anybody who picks up the phone call uh, outside of our receptionist is in accounting for 25 plus years and can probably answer the question right off the bat. Uh, anybody yep. who comes and do, does your audit is not someone coming out of college. It's someone who's been doing it for 25 years. I think that itself separates our firm from the others because the experience counts and every one of our people who, uh, who would represent us has the experience. And yes, we, we want to keep it as a family and it is a family and, and they, they brought me in, and really welcomed me with open arms, both Mike, Don, and everybody at the the firm. But it's a it's a great, great firm. And 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 again, you have these issues with the IRS or or an issue with the auditor who want to work with the bank. You have someone who would be on your side with twenty five plus years experience on every person uh, working on on every client. So that's something we're very, very proud of, and and uh, we think it's a pretty big deal. There you go. So, Mike, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you or your firm if they are interested in um, you or anyone there becoming their accountants. Sure. We are, again, it's Barbetti McHale LLC. We are at 1421 East Stranger Street in good old Dunmore, as you said, uh, 18509. Our phone number, 570-346-2057. Thank you. 
There you go. Well, Mike, thanks for this wonderful talk. I was able to get a little air, a little frustration. I love when I can do that, right? <laughs> we can a semi rant, a semi rant. Yes. There we go. So have a great weekend, everybody. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.